0: Hallelujah. He's the only wise guy. Yeah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: One more time, would you put your hands together and give God praise in the building? Hallelujah. As you make your way back to your seat, would you tell somebody, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. church. Sometimes we sing this song. It says,
0: Jesus, 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 what a wonder you are. Jesus, 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 what a wonder you are. Oh, Jesus, 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 what a wonder you What a wonder you are. Say Jesus, 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 what a wonder you are. Oh, Jesus, 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 what a wonder you are. What a wonder you are, oh, Jesus! What a wonder you are, and we say, we say, beautiful rose of Sharon. What a wonder you are! You believe it about him, beautiful rose of Sharon. What a wonder! Say his name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What a wonder! who he is said he died but he rose on the third day what a wonder the grave couldn't hold him said he died but he rose on the third day what a wonder
1: speak his name speak that name if the name of jesus don't give you goosebumps then something's wrong with you if the name the wonderful name and the wonderful story of who jesus christ is in your life does not move you emotionally then you've gone too far from calvary but oh jesus he's still a wonder in my life
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah
1: for the Holy Ghost, so strongly in the room tonight, amen, I feel a witness of the Spirit, amen, Uh, since uh, since last night, I knew what I would be preaching tonight, I felt it in my spirit, uh, just about Fifteen minutes ago, the Lord said, no, I want you to do something different. So uh, I I know that it is God. I know that he is uh, directing me this way. So if you have your Bibles, please turn me very quickly to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 1. Acts 2 and verse 1. As you're turning to Acts 2, let me say what a privilege it has been for me to be here in the Arkansas district at your HYC. Amen. I've met many of you and shook your hand, looked into your eyes, and I know, amen, that the future of the United Pentecostal Church is bright. Amen. I know that there are some young men and some young ladies here that love truth. Amen. Amen. And just because you're in the church, Just because you may look the part and act the part, that doesn't necessarily mean that you love truth. And What we need in this day and time is not more religious people. We need people that love the truth. We need young men and young ladies that will buy the truth and sell it not. Amen. And I'm so honored to be here and uh, give honor to your youth president, Brother Dean. And his great team, such great hospitality. You guys do it right here. Uh, great, great excellence, great excellence on every aspect of what has been taking place this week. Um, and what an honor it has been to be with Brother Anderson. Bishop, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Appreciate his voice, a great man of God. <clears throat> and what an honor it has been to be teamed up with David McGovern. And that message today, my, my, my. What a word from God put me on my face uh, God I don't want to be window dressing make me a doorkeeper I don't want to be window dressing make me a doorkeeper Amen I felt that in my spirit being a fellow church planner I feel his passion as he preached that message today and I just know where that's coming from I know where that that passion is coming from and I I love it, I love to see it I love to feel it, amen there's nothing like living for God amen, we were talking today at lunch just about different things that were going on in our life several of us sitting there just having a conversation and the thought just hit me and I told him, I said, guys, I don't want to sound cliche I don't want to sound, you know, just like I don't want to be that guy but I just need you to know that living for God is like super awesome Just it's just awesome. I got a beautiful family, got beautiful children, I got wonderful friends. I have have a great life. Have a great life. And I owe it all to Jesus. Living for God is just awesome. Why would you want to do anything else? Why would you want to go do anything else? In the Bible as I make my way into my message about a man named Jacob. The Bible said that Jacob visits the place of his fathers and uh, it's a long story but there's a part in the story where Jacob says that the Bible says that Jacob laid his head on the stones of that place. The Bible is making reference to the stones that Abraham put in that place. The stones of his father's he laid his head on the stones of that place and as he laid his head on the stones of that place the heavens opened up to him and he was able to receive revelation and he was able to receive a word from God in that place and I've always thought of that story in the Bible as being a symbol of when young men, young men go back to the teachings of their fathers and the stones of their fathers when the stones of the fathers become the pillows of the younger generation, when I can lay my head on the stone, love it, when I can love my father's doctrine, and when there's a time in your life as a young person when you embrace the truth of God's word and you can lay your head on what seems like stones but become pillows to you, something you love, something you admire, when that happens in your life, God opens the word up to you. The heavens open up to you and you begin to see things that you've never seen before. And I'm living in that moment in my life. I'm 35 years old and I'm living in that moment in my life. I'm living in that Jacob moment when I have laid laid my heads on the stones of my fathers and God has opened his word to me. And I am super excited about it. I want to take a moment tonight and preach to you about something that's very dear to my spirit and something that I have championed and something that I fight for daily I want to talk to you tonight about the Holy Ghost anybody got the Holy Ghost in the building tonight anybody glad you got the Holy Ghost tonight anybody glad you even know what the Holy Ghost is The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans, and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Hallelujah. I want you to skip with me very quickly to verse 37 of that chapter. Acts chapter 37, those same men, the Bible says, when those same men, says now when they, those same men, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah! And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, "Save yourself from this untoward generation." Tonight, I want to preach to the choir. If that's okay, I want to preach on this subject: the power of Pentecost the power of Pentecost are there any Pentecostals in the building tonight anybody glad to be counted in the number of apostolic Pentecostal folk hallelujah would you lift your voice and pray with me God we thank you for your word we thank you for the opportunity to be in this house I pray tonight that you would speak to us Touch our hearts, touch our minds, that we will not only be hearers of the word, but be doers also. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and glory for it. And someone shout in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Also, let me say what an honor it has been to be teamed up with Kristen Keller and Brother Jeremy Guzman. These people are phenomenal. My goodness. Some of the best music on the planet you have been privy to this week. You have been a part of it. Amen. I want to start the very onset of this message tonight by letting you know this truth. I love being Pentecostal. I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. I speak in tongues. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. That's okay. I don't need you to be excited with me. I'm excited all by myself. I love being apostolic. I love it. I refuse to repent for it. I refuse to apologize for it. I refuse to go hide in a corner for it. I am a one God apostolic, tongue-talking, holy rolling, born-again, heaven-bound, holy living, Pentecostal, and I don't make no qualms about it. Somebody shout hallelujah if you feel like I feel. I am who I am by the grace of God, and thank God I'm a Pentecostal. Oh, Brother Chavis, we shouldn't compare. We shouldn't compare denominations. See, that's your problem. That's your problem right there. You think Pentecostal is a denomination. Pentecostal is not a denomination. Pentecostal is an experience. It's an experience. And I don't care whether you call yourself a Baptist or a Catholic. If you spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came and you were baptized in Jesus' name, baby, you're Pentecostal. Pentecostal is not a denomination. It's not an organization or a sect or a tribe. It is an experience, and I'm so glad I've experienced Pentecost. Hallelujah. Amen. I love being a Pentecostal. I love being apostolic. Amen. I'm so glad that I have the truth of God's word. I'm so glad that I understand some things about God's Word. I'm so glad that I'm not confused about who God is. so glad I'm not confused about how many gods there are. I'm so glad that I know that his name is Jesus. That the Yahweh of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm so glad that I know he's not Jesus, Jr., or the third dude in the God squad, but he is God Almighty, and the fullness of the Godhead rests bodily in the man, Jesus Christ. Ha! I'm glad I'm a part of this. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this movement so I can know who Jesus is. Hallelujah. And being a Pentecostal, And having the Pentecostal experience uh, requires a certain level of separation. Amen. I was wondering there for a second. I had two crickets and 20 amens. I was wondering for a second. Some some people say, well, Brother Chavis, you know, uh, when you read the Word of God and you read uh, uh, the New Testament and and, and you read the moment where the Holy Ghost was poured out, Acts chapter 2, and you read Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, uh, you know, there's, there's no part in, in the plan of salvation that requires separation. Well, you didn't read the Bible. You read a cue card and thought you read the Bible. I despise it when people give me a crumb and try to tell me it's a loaf. You have got a piece of pie with a bite taken out of it? You've been in a the restaurant they bring you a piece of pie, and there's a big old bite taken out of it. And they set it down in front of you. Here you go, sir. Enjoy your pie. For real? Oh, that fell off in the kitchen. No, no, no. You take this back. I don't want this. Well, sir, there's enough pie there. No, no, no. I don't want. I, I don't want a piece of the pie. If you're gonna bring me a pie? I want all of it. Amen. I'm going somewhere, but I. But I feel like I need to say a few things here in the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says that Peter told them to repent. Right? Be baptized in what name? Jesus' name. For the remissions of the sins you just repented of. And then you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For it's a promise unto you. It's a gift. It's a promise. That's verse 38 and 39. But you've got to keep reading. In verse 40, the Bible says that Peter continued to speak, and he said, now save yourself from this untoward generation. That is holiness. That is separation from this generation. Hey, listen, Acts 2.38 is when God saves you, but Acts 40 is when you save yourself. From this untoward generation, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. We got to stop reading. We got to start reading past 238. Uh, and we got to read the whole thing and see where God says come out. Uh, come out. When you receive the Holy Ghost, uh, you can't stay where you are. You got to come out. When you receive the Holy Ghost, uh, you can't maintain your current position. But you got to come out. Come out. Come out. Hallelujah. The friends I used to have, I don't have no more since the Lord laid his hands on me. Y'all know nothing about that. Uh, glory. That's the power of Pentecost. It is the power of Pentecost, but it is impossible to preach about Pentecost without preaching about Passover because in the word Pentecost there's no deep theological revelation of what the word Pentecost means. The word Pentecost simply means 50 that's it 50 it is 50 days after Passover you celebrate Pentecost 50 days after Passover Pentecost is the celebration of Of completion. That's what Pentecost means. Pentecost is the celebration of the completion of harvest season. It's when it's over, when it's done, when it's finished, you have a celebration of Pentecost. It's over. It's final. This is the final move in the chess game. This is the final moment. This is the apex. Let's celebrate Pentecost. Hallelujah. But it begins at Passover. Now we get Passover from the book of Exodus. When God is about to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. And this is the final plague. This is the final thing that God will do. This is the final moment. This is the releasing power of God. God is about to release Egypt. God is about to set uh, Israel free from the bondage of Egypt. Egypt is the proverbial uh, explanation of sin. It represents sin. It represents bondage. Egypt represents addiction. Egypt represents debauchery. Egypt represents all that is wrong with the world. That's what Egypt represents. And God says, I am about to bring you out of sin and bring you out of bondage. And the only way to be delivered from sin and the only way to be delivered from bondage, the only way to be redeemed from all of that. It's by blood. We got to have some blood. So tell the elders to tell every man. This is the book of Exodus chapter 12. Tell the elders to tell every man to go get a lamb and bring the lamb into his home and slay the lamb. And when they slay the lamb, they take the blood of the lamb and they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And when the death angel passes over Egypt, wherever he sees the blood, he will pass over that place. And that's why we call it Passover because the angel passed over because there was blood on the door. If you had blood on the door, the angel passed over. How many are glad that the angel passed over you because the blood of Calvary has been applied to your life? Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody in here tonight that the blood still works. We need to keep singing about the blood. We need to keep preaching about the blood. The blood still works. It will never lose its power. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus that he shed for me way back at Calvary. Hallelujah. The blood still works. Put the blood on the doorpost. Slay the lamb. Put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And when the angel sees the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass over you. But that ain't the end of the story. See, Passover is a very intricate idea and concept. It's more than just the blood of the lamb on the door. He says, now after you kill the lamb. And after the blood is applied, you tell the man of the house to bring the lamb inside the house. And you get you some potatoes and carrots and you make you a lamb stew and you cook him real good. Because not only should you apply the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, but everybody in the house has to eat the lamb. The blood has been applied the door and the lamb has to be in your belly. Are you following me right now? The blood of the lamb on the door is not the end of the story, but you got to eat the lamb. (laughs) The lamb has to be inside of you. Hallelujah. And watch what the Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter 12. He said, listen, I'm going to paraphrase for a second here. He said, you tell them that when they eat the lamb, they are not to eat the lamb with their pajamas on. What's the Bible said? In a roundabout way. Don't eat the lamb with your pajamas on. You don't eat the lamb with your pajamas on. You eat the lamb with your running suit on. And your Nikes laced up. And your walking stick by your hand. Because we're about to be released. Now that the blood has been applied and the lamb is in your belly, we're about to get out of here. And guess where we're going? We're going to the water. The blood has been applied. The lamb is in my belly. Get your stuff and get ready because now we got to go to the water because Pharaoh doesn't die with the blood and Pharaoh doesn't die with the lamb in your belly, but Pharaoh dies when you go through the water. We still baptize in the name of Jesus Christ because Pharaoh dies in the water. You got to go down in the name that is above every name because Pharaoh dies in the water. I've already been to the water. I've already been baptized. I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost in here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. You may say, Brother Chavis, uh, you know, here you are at a Pentecostal event. We all Pentecostals, and you up here preaching about the Holy Ghost, you up here preaching about Pentecost, and we all know this stuff. The devil is a liar because some of you young people are about to walk out into a humanistic world. You're about to walk into a humanistic college, and they're going to tell you this ain't necessary, and the Holy Ghost ain't necessary, but the devil is a liar. It is necessary. You better have your feet uh, rooted and grounded uh, in what god is and who god is you still need the holy ghost we still speak in tongues we still baptize in jesus name this is who we are this is who we've been and this is who we're gonna be it's not my opinion it's the word of god it's not my prerogative it's the word of god it's not how i feel it's the word of god you need the holy ghost
0: Yes.
1: Ah. Be seated. Problem is, is that many of us have not read the word of God. We have not studied the word of God. Amen. I, I said this last night, but I'm kind of a Bible geek. I like to read the Bible. I like to find stuff out. I like to go deep. I like to pull out my thesaurus. I like to read the Greek and the Hebrew. And I'm not super spiritual, but I just think it's really cool. Amen. I know, I know cats that can quote me, the stat of every football team. They can tell me who the wide receiver is and the running back and how many yards he had, how many catches he had this year, and all this kind of garbage. <laughs> but they can't name all the 12 disciples. I'm thinking... What? And Lord forbid if anybody try to get them in a debate about the oneness of God or the, the need for the Holy Ghost or. They get all. Well, well I, you, you, I mean, I can give you my pastor's number. That's a problem with us. Everybody thinks the pastor should know it, but you shouldn't know it. No, you should know it. Can I, can I say something right here? Can I say something to you young people? It's, it's for the young people. Listen to me. If you have not read the Bible completely through, at least twice, and studied it and understand the concepts in the Bible, then you have no business reading other religious material. Hold on, hold on. Y'all got this on video now, so I done said it. I am not against education. I'm not against reading other books that are written by other men and all this other other kind of, I'm not against that. But how in the world can you read a book about a book you ain't never read? That's crazy. That's foolishness to me. That's why we got so many young men who are leaving the truth because they never read the book. They never bought the truth. And so they read Rick Warren's book or they read rob bell's book and rob Bale said everybody's going to heaven but he didn't read matthew chapter 7 because jesus said not everyone that saith unto me lord lord shall enter into the kingdom of god for many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name and done many wonderful works and cast out devils and then i will say to them i never knew you depart from me ye that work iniquity you left that part out rob but you didn't know that because you didn't read it. I feel a holy indignation in this house right now. Stop talking to me about other folks' books if you can't quote this book. Well, you know, Brother McGovern, you know, it's a good book. You just spit out the bones. spit out the bone. Have you ever known anybody to get choked on the bone because they were sitting around eating bones? I don't. Somebody got choked on the bone because they was eating something they didn't know a bone was in. And they accidentally swallowed a bone. That's how you get choked on the bone. You accidentally swallow a bone. And so you're sitting around reading all this garbage and one day you believe it. Some of you all at me like I'm crazy, but it's okay. I got folks I was raised with, spoken tongues in the altar with, shouted around the, the, the Colosseum with, brothers that I grew up with, men that I believed in and loved and cherished, who I've seen in the last year get up at conferences and say, just accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you're going to make it to heaven. So I got a little investment in this, what I'm saying tonight. Because on day one, they believed it, and they read a book, and on day three, they didn't believe it no more. Well, I don't know if that's all, if if, if that's really all necessary. You know, the Bible did, you know, the Philippian jailer, and the Bible never said he spoke in tongues. Say what? That's your argument, the Philippian jailer? The Philippian jailer? That's your argument, the Philippian jailer never spoke in tongues? And you know this because you was there, right? You was in the cell with Paul and Silas when the earthquake happened. You saw it all happen. You, you, you was there for the whole thing. And you, you saw that the Philippian jailer, his whole household was saved. And the Bible says they were baptized and they were saved. What, what must I do to be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer said. He, he said, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas said, believe on the Lord and your whole household will be saved. So you're going to build your whole religious and doctrinal standpoint of what Paul and Silas said to a, a heathen who didn't even believe in God? Because, hey, no man can come to God and no man can please God unless he first believed that God is. you got to believe in God. Hey, listen, wait a minute. What did Paul say a couple chapters later to the men in, in Acts chapter 19? What did he say to the men in Ephesus who were disciples and who did believe in God? They already believed. What did he say to them? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because it's a process. You got to believe first. Stop studying the Philippian jailer and start studying Paul. What did Paul do? I'll tell you what Paul did. He said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, No. He said, How was you baptized? They said, We were baptized into John's baptism. He said, Well, my God, give me some water, boys. We got to do this thing again. So he rebaptized them all in Jesus' name, and then he laid hands on them, and all 12 of them received what? The Holy Ghost! And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, just like in Acts chapter 2. So don't you stand there and tell me that all you got to do is believe. That's not Bible. And I don't care what theologian, I don't care if he had more degrees than a thermometer. He's a liar and a false witness, and the truth ain't in him. Young people, I'm preaching to you tonight. You better buy the truth and sell it not. Get in your Bible. If the only kids at your church that can quote Scripture are the Bible quizzers, shame on you. Everybody ought to be able to quote the Scripture. Get in your Bible and study the Word and find out why you believe what you believe. I'm almost finished for the Holy Ghost there's always been the concept of repent the name and power repentance the name, the power repent, be baptized in the name receive the power that is always the process it always happens and we say, well, you know, we only see the Holy Ghost poured out in Acts chapter 2. Well, not if you read Numbers. Yeah, Numbers, way back in the, in the beginning of the book, the Torah. Yeah, the Numbers, that, that book, the book that you skimmed over. Yeah, Numbers, that book. Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11, when Moses got all the elders together. And the Bible said that God took the spirit of Moses and he poured it into the 70 elders. And they began to prophesy. Hey, hey listen. There were two of those jokers that was late. Eldad and Me Medad. Eldad and Me Dad were out in the camp. They were late to the meeting. They got stuck in a traffic jam out in the camp. Between Judah and Benjamin and Eldad and... Medad was out in the camp, and when the Spirit of God fell, Eldad and Medad began to speak in tongues in the camp. And Joshua said, Moses, we shouldn't let them do that. We shouldn't let them prophesy in the camp. And Moses says in the book of Numbers chapter 11, he says, Joshua, are you mad for you or are you mad for me? He said, because God has told me that he wishes that every one of his people would prophesy. Moses, uh, way back in the Torah, said, God wishes uh, that everybody uh, would receive this thing. If you're waiting for Acts chapter 2 to see the Holy Ghost, you missed it, baby. He poured out his spirit in Numbers 11. Moses Moses is very aware of the concept at this point because in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says that God calls Moses, 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 here am I. He said, take off your shoes from off thy feet. Repentance. Come over here. Kneel down. Repentance. Come o- the only way you get over here is you take some things off. Repent. Moses takes his shoes off, comes to God, lays aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset him separates himself and comes to God. And when he gets to God, what does God do? God said, okay, now I'm going to give you my name. I am. There we go. Repentance in the name. And Moses said, well, God, I'm not good enough. He said, throw down your rod. And he gave him power. Repentance, the name, and power. Repentance, the name, and power. Still not convinced? That's fine. Jacob wrestles the angel in the desert. And he says, I will not let you go till you bless me. And the angel says, let me go for the day cometh. And I'm, I can't be here when the day breaks. And he said, but I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And he wrestled the angel through the night. And the angel touched him in the hollow of a thigh and made him a limp for the rest of his life. And finally, the angel said, okay, I'll bless you. Tell me your name. I'm Jacob. Which doesn't seem like a big revelation to you because you didn't read the Bible. But when he says my name is Jacob, that's a big revelation because the last person that asked him what his name was, he lied and said it was Esau. But here is a moment of honesty because Jacob wants to be blessed. And so Jacob tells the angel who he is. I'm Jacob. But Jacob is more than Jacob. Jacob is liar, deceiver, supplanter, no good. And he says, I'm Jacob. I admit it. I'm a sinner. He said, oh. Thank you for repentance. And now that you've repented, now that you've confessed who you are, now that you've told me your name, now that you told me who you are, I'm going to give you a new name. No longer shall you be called Jacob, but from this moment forward, you shall be called Israel. Watch this. And as a prince, you shall have power with God and man. There you have it. Repentance, the name, and the power. I wish I had some people up in here that knew what I was talking about right now. I wish I had about 50 of y'all young people that said you were apostolic and filled with the Holy Ghost to give me a shout of witness right now. I see it. I see it. I see it. Repent. The name. The power. Hey! Woo! Be seated. We even see it in the parable in the New Testament. When Jesus begins to talk about something that happened years ago, he says there was a man had two sons. The younger of the sons came to his father and said, Father, give me, give me my inheritance that I may go and be cool. It's okay. Gave him his inheritance. Not many days hence, he left. Went to a far country. Squandered his blessing in a far country. Ruined his life. After he had spent all, he began to be in want. So the Bible says. He began to be in one, and he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. The Bible says, and he came to himself. He said, this is foolishness. There are servants in my house, in my father's house that have more than this. And so he picked himself up, and he made his way home. And on his way home, the father met him, and the, the Bible says the father seen him afar off. And he ran to him and fell upon him. And watch, here's the young man. Used and abused by the world, nothing good to offer. He falls on his knees, and what does he do? He repents. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. I'm no good. I repent. And the Father says, the Father says, go get the best robe. Now, the best robe means that there's more than one robe, but there's only one best robe. The robe is the covering. The robe envelops you. The robe immerses you. And the robe carries on it the insignia of the family name. The robe is a covering. It covers you. He repents, and then he is covered by the name. Are you following me right now? He repents, Father, I'm not good. I'm, I, I'm a sinner. He said, okay, now that you've repented, now you can get the robe. Put the name on him now. Cover him in the name. Immerse him in the name. And when you're done putting the name on him, go get me the ring and put the ring upon his hand. Because the only way that the robe has power is if you have the ring. The only way you get the power of the name is if you have the ring to mark the insignia. There you have it, Uh, repentance, uh, the name, and the power. God has always had a plan. Repent, uh, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It didn't just pop up uh, in Acts chapter 2. It didn't just show up one day, but it's always been the plan. You repent. uh, You confess your sin. I'll tell you my name, and when I give you my
0: name, you have power. Oh
1: And sometimes in the particle son we'll quit a little too soon on the ring. The ring was the last article of clothing that the Father wanted him to have on. The last article was the shoes. Go get him shoes, put on his feet, because the steps of a righteous man are always ordered by the Lord. Uh, that's why Peter said, save yourself from this untoward generation because after you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, then there comes a time when you must walk with God and you must live a life of discipleship. Pentecost doesn't stop at the Holy Ghost, but Pentecost stops at a holy life. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's where it stops. It stops at a holy life. Why the Holy Ghost? Why? 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 The repentance. Why a new name? Why the power of the name? Because God has a process. God has a plan. And that plan is called Pentecost. Pentecost is the celebration of completion. This is God's ultimate plan. This is God's ultimate completion plan. This is how he finalizes the deal. This is how God adopts you. He gives you his name. And only after he gives you his name can you be adopted. There's a concept in the Bible of redemption. Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Why? Verse 5 tells us to redeem them that were under the law. Why? So that we might receive the adoption of sons. God came, made of a woman. Made under the law. Why? So he could redeem you because you were under the law. Why did he redeem you? Not just to redeem you, but he redeemed you so that you might be adopted. There's a difference between redemption and adoption. Redemption is Calvary. And ladies and gentlemen, you don't choose Calvary. You can't choose Calvary. Calvary is not a choice. Calvary chose you. Because the Bible said he died for the sins of the world. That's everybody. Everybody. That's everybody. We all covered. You covered. Your mama covered. Your daddy covered. Pookie them covered. Everybody is covered. Folks you don't like is covered. Your mother-in-law is covered. Everybody is covered. Calvary covers us all. You don't choose Calvary. It is a farce and a false witness to believe that you can choose Calvary. How arrogant can you be? You don't choose Calvary. When God came down, he didn't take a vote. He didn't ask your opinion. He just died for you because he loved you. He didn't ask for a rule of democracy. He didn't ask for a show of hands. Who wants Calvary? He just said, I love you, and I'm coming to give my life for you. calvary is not the choice because he came to redeem them that were under the law that we might 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 redemption is not a might redemption isn't already but Adoption is the might that you might receive the adoption of sons because adoption is the choice. Pentecost is the choice. Repentance is your choice. Forgiveness is already there. The blood has already been applied. All you got to do is repent. And when you repent, when you repent, you start the process I love it. I said I absolutely love it. And if you ain't excited about it, so what? I'm already excited enough for all of us. Uh, Be seated. I feel my help coming on. See, but I got some buddies. I got some buddies, some pals, some friends of mine, some folks I grew up with. They say this Court, you know. That salvation begins at repentance. I do. That's true. I have no, I can't argue with you on that. Salvation does begin at repentance. That's a true statement. I have no debating material for you on that. That's fine. But I don't know anybody. I don't know one person that ever won a medal for beginning something. If you want a church full of beginners, then you have a church full of beginners. I don't want a church full of beginners. I want a church full of disciples. And disciples don't just begin, disciples complete. Who cares if you began? What have you done since you began? Well, all you got to do is repent because salvation begins at repentance. Uh, Well, don't leave me at the starting line. Don't leave me at beginning. Don't leave me here at just the beginning, but repent. And now you got to be baptized in the name that is above every name, Jesus' name. Hey, and then you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. And how are you going to receive it? By the evidence of what? See, that's the problem. That's the problem. Young people. Let me, let me talk to you for a minute. This is the problem. Ain't none of your religious friends care two cents about the Holy Spirit. They love the Holy Spirit. They sing about the Holy Spirit. They know the Holy Spirit, whatever. Their issue is going to be with you speaking in them tongues. They don't like them tongues. You ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to speak in them tongues. That's just, that's just some folk. Okay? Well, you know, that's what Peter said. That's what Paul said. And we've seen great men rebuke Peter and Paul because they said you got to speak in tongues. But I ain't seen them rebuke Jesus when Jesus said it. Oh, y'all ain't know Jesus said he has to speak in tongues? Because you ain't read the Bible. You ain't read the Bible. Jesus said it in Mark 16. He said, go and baptize them. And those that believe and are baptized, they'll be saved. And those that believe not and are not baptized, they'll be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. You want to know how you can tell a believer? These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils in my name, and they shall speak with new tongues. That's what Jesus said. That ain't what I said. That ain't what the UPCI said. That ain't what my ministerial license says. That's what Jesus said. If you believe, then you're going to be a tongue talker, baby. Somebody lift up your voice and begin to speak in tongues right now as the Holy Ghost gives utterance. I wish somebody would join these men right here. My God, if you want on I need some young men and some young ladies to say I believe it pastor I believe it brother Chavis you gotta have it you gotta
0: have the gift of the Holy Ghost Jesus said you gotta speak in new tongues
1: get off your PlayStation
0: and get in your Bible and find out what Jesus said down call of duty and pick up the call of god and say god show me a word
1: stay with me i'm, I'm the for the holy ghost in here so strong right now if you don't have the holy ghost If you don't have the Holy Ghost and you want the Holy Ghost, you need to make your way to this front before it gets full. I want you to run down here. I want you to run there. Pastor Chavis, I need the Holy Ghost. I got to have the Holy Ghost tonight. If you need a refreshing and a renewing of the Holy Ghost, you need to come down here too. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 says, and because ye are sons, and because ye are sons, God have sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Hey, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. How be it then when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But Galatians chapter 4 verse 9 says, but now that ye know God, or rather, now that God knows you, why turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements of the world? Galatians chapter 9 says this. Galatians chapter 4, verse 9 says this. But now, now that you receive the Holy Ghost, now that you receive the Spirit of the Son, now that you know God, or rather, now that God knows you. That may not seem very important to you right now, but if you go back to Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21, you'll see where Jesus said, and I will say unto them, I never knew you. So you know what's going to count on judgment day? Let me tell you what's going to count on judgment day. What's going to count is not that you know God. That doesn't count. On judgment day, what counts is did God know you? And Galatians chapter 4 verse 9 says that the Holy Ghost allows you to know God. And God to know you. So don't you tell me that the Holy Ghost isn't necessary for salvation. The Holy Ghost is necessary for salvation.
0: It's the power of Pentecost
1: and it is alive and it is well it is not dwindling it is not going quietly into the night but it is dressed right dress head high chest out I have the Holy
0: Ghost yeah I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul just like the Bible said
1: so here's what we're going to do we're going to do what they did nothing fancy nothing added no spice on it top. No whipped cream and no cherry. We're going to do what they did. We're going to repent. That's always been the first step of anybody who got anything from God is that repented. Anybody that ever got anything from God, repented. Do you believe I can heal your son? I believe. But God helped my unbelief. that any ever got anything from God was able to repent first so all over this building right now would you lift your hands lifting your hands is a sign of surrender to God and I want you to repent and I surrender my life to you I want you to tell him who you are I'm Jacob I'm a sinner I want you to take the shoes from off your feet for the place where I'm now standing this is holy ground I'm I'm, I'm coming to you, Lord. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Come on, repentance all over this room. Ah, yeah, 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 we're going to take a minute here. We're going to rejoice in just a moment. But I feel a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost entering this room right now in this moment of repentance. God, clean my heart. God, clean my mind. Forgive me of what I've seen. Forgive me of what I've heard. Forgive me of what I've said. Forgive me of what I've done. Forgive me of where I've gone. God, heal my spirit. Heal my mind. Touch my emotions. Heal my heart. In the name of Jesus. God, forgive us. Forgive us tonight. We repent. We want to see the power of Pentecost. We want a demonstration from God. We want a demonstration from your deity. We want a demonstration. In 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 the name of Jesus. 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 Forgive us. Show us your mercy. Show us a grace, show us your glory Heal my heart, heal my mind, heal my spirit God, cleanse me, purge me with hyssop That I may be white as snow Cover me with your blood Let me hide under the shadow of the cross For my sin is ever before me I need you, God Come on, somebody tell him, I need you. I need you. I've got to have you. I can't do this thing without you. I surrender all to you. You are my king, and I am your humble servant. Please place your hand upon my life. Oh! Come on, just a few more seconds right here. Just a few more seconds right here the heavens are opening the heavens are opening the heavens are opening I feel it rising I feel the release coming I feel the release coming the release is on the way after the release is on the way press a little bit farther press a little bit farther yes here it goes here it goes all over the building if you need the Holy Ghost if you want the Holy Ghost I want you to lift your hands and I want you to begin to thank God for the Holy Ghost say God thank you for the Holy Ghost thank you for giving me your spirit come on thank him thank him I thank you for the Holy Ghost I praise you for the Holy Ghost thank you for the Holy Ghost if someone is near you that needs the Holy Ghost lay hands on them right now by the power of the name of Jesus Christ by the power of of the name of
0: Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb, by the power of the cross, and the power of the resurrection, and by the power of the word of God, receive ye the Holy Ghost now. Receive you the Holy Ghost 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 oh yeah Jesus said it Jesus said it. Jesus said it